Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one material page of Talmud every day. And what a page we have today. It's a page about stuff, quite literally. Here is how it begins, Shabbat 96a. And the tabernacle, we are told, two wagons along the same level stood behind one another in the public domain, and the Levites passed the beams from one wagon to the other through the public domain on the same side of a thoroughfare, but they did not throw from one wagon to another. Why? Perhaps because the beams were too heavy, but more likely because these were the beams used to build the tabernacle, and this was quite literally holy stuff. Now, I've always struggled with the role that material objects play in religious life. And so I asked one of the smartest people I know, my dear friend, Tablet's editor-in-chief, Alana Newhouse. Hello. Hi. Tell me, what am I missing? What is it about stuff and the role it plays in our religious observance? So one way to understand how I think about it is, I don't know if you've ever seen the TED Talk with Jill Bolte-Taylor who is a neuroanatomist at Harvard who herself had a stroke. If you haven't seen it, you should actually look at the TED Talk because it's kind of amazing. But there's one moment in it when she speaks about the stroke that she had. She had a, a hemorrhage, and the hemorrhage happened on the left side of her brain, which meant that what was happening was her right side, the right hemisphere of her brain was coming more online and was dominating. What happened in the moment as she was having the stroke and this has to do with the difference between the right and left hemispheres of our brain. But what happened was that she started to perceive the atoms in the spaces around her and understand them as energy fields and understand her environment as energy fields that she was a part of. And all of a sudden, the wall of her shower didn't actually feel separable from her. It felt like something that was part of an energy field that she was a part of too. And when I heard her talk and read her book, which is very, very important for me, one of the things that I understood was that actually things are atoms and they are energy and they hold power. There's something incredibly chauvinistic about believing that power is only inside of human beings or inside of things that we think of as being alive. What if inanimate objects also hold power and what if they actually hold the power of the other humans who've engaged with them? So in your example of the Mishkan, the wood would then have acquired power from the hands of all the human beings that had touched it. So that's not simply a piece of wood. That's a piece of wood that's been touched by others. That's like saying, like, when I went to go visit the Warsaw Ghetto and I touched the walls of the buildings there, I touched the walls that Jews, some of whom were heroic in ways that I can't even conceive, had touched and lived inside of, and I felt honored to be able to touch something that they had touched, So did that energy rub off on me? I don't know. I don't know if it rubbed off in any kind of material way, but it definitely rubbed off on me spiritually and emotionally. And so it feels to me like if objects hold the energy of the world around them and of the people around them, then of course they're centers of power. So that's very interesting and funny because, you know, us Jews 
too often have this notion that because we're not allowed any graven images, our religion is one of abstraction, right? It's one of books, it's one of prayers, it's something that exists in the ether. So what can we do to incorporate this beautiful material side to our daily observance? I think it depends on what you are trying to get from the object, which is the same thing as what you're trying to get from humans, right? If you look to a person and you're trying to manipulate them or use them, they're there for a purpose that isn't valiant, that isn't right, that isn't well-intentioned, then that person is not being used properly and you're doing something wrong. Similarly, if you look to an object to be a source to excuse actions that are immoral or to justify hurting anyone, to justify breaking laws, any of that doesn't feel right to me. Or even I would imagine if you're looking to the object to become the center or replacement of the entire ritual and not actually contemplate in any other way. But I would say it's the same thing with another with a human being. In a way, my orientation in this conversation to objects, the best metaphor to use is people. So you would not use a person as the focus of anything. You would not idol worship a person. You shouldn't, I should say. You shouldn't say, I'm going to do whatever that person tells me to do, no matter what, even if that person then goes and tells me to do something completely against everything I believe in and every principle that I held dear up until that moment. Similarly, you shouldn't say this object now has become the center of my life and I'm going to now make a whole host of decisions, moral, practical, based on an object. These things are inspirations, but they're inspirations for making us more of who we want to be. But who we want to be and what our values are have to be paramount. These things are instruments. Other people are instruments. Our environment is an instrument. Our ideas are an instrument. Our politics are instruments. But they're instruments toward burnishing and enriching, hopefully, a set of principles that create a better world. Alana Newhouse, thank you so much for this material lesson. Call me the material girl. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>